from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. It could be a hip replacement or a, a knee replacement. Those, those, you know, those particular procedures need blood. We didn't have any shortages in the summer of 2020. We had none in the winter of 21. But now things were starting to get back to normal. You know, we were, we were struggling really since last June and even going into the end of the year and beginning of 22. So we're, we're still trying to get over the hump. We just have not been able to do that. I think you need to put yourself in the place of those families. What's something I can do to help? And donating blood is a way to help. I'm Sarah Fenske. The Red Cross is begging for blood. They say the need is particularly acute right now, and that's even as the blood supply is just one focus for the organization regionally. And joining us now with more is Joe Zidlow. He's the regional communications manager for the American Red Cross of Missouri and Arkansas. Joe, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Great to be here. So, Joe, how low is our blood supply right now? Well, typically we, we like to keep a five-day blood supply nationwide and, and throughout the region. Right now we're about a, about a day supply. And what happens is when you, when you have only a day supply, uh, when disaster hits in, in a particular area, such as tornadoes that we saw last month, particularly in my region, which is Missouri, and I also cover the Arkansas, so that's my bi-state region. But when a disaster like that hits, blood drives will be canceled. You may have donor centers that are closed due, you know, due to what happened. And so you can't collect enough blood to hopefully provide that for, you know, to your hospitals. And so you like to have a five-day supply because it's really the blood on the shelves that help when a disaster hits. When you have those cancellations, you have enough in reserve to do that. We simply don't have that right now. And uh, we do provide about 40% of the U.S. blood supply across the country. So it's really, a, you know, it's a constant need. Every two seconds, someone in the country needs blood. And we just have also seen really an increase in, in more need for more blood products over the last several months. Is that because of what's happening in the pandemic and, and because of these tornadoes? How much did those two things factor into that increased demand? Well, there's certainly a couple of factors, definitely. that they, they certainly play a role in that. But I think really over the last four or five months, we've seen an increase in the demand for more blood products. And part of that is because I think more people who paused elective procedures, elective surgeries, even hospitals had done that in 2020, they got back to doing that. People who had held off those surgeries, and those are procedures that may need blood. It could be a hip replacement or a knee replacement. Those, those, you know, those particular procedures need blood. They, post, they postponed those particular procedures, uh, procedures and then now wanted to do them. So there's demand for that. Uh, there's also been an increase in more uh, trauma situations, more traumas across the country. I think more people are getting out. I mm. think as people were had the opportunity to be vaccinated and, and wanted to maybe open things up more in 2021 versus 2020, that <clears throat> they're just the demand just just went up. We also saw a dip in first-time donors. Um, really, 34 percent across the country in our region, in our bi-state region, Missouri, Arkansas, it's about 13 and a half percent, and we really rely on those first-time donors to come. People that may hear a message, may hear a spot or see something online about come donate blood. And they think, you know what, I've never done that before. I'd like to do something to help. You know, what can I do to help? This is what I can do to help. I can donate blood. And uh, we just have seen a, a drop in that. So, And then you couple that typically with this time of year, too. You know, coming off the holidays, 
people aren't thinking of donating blood. So it really is the, the sort of the perfect storm, if you will, combining a, a lot of those factors. So we want to mention St. Louis Public Radio is hosting a blood drive uh, Wednesday, January 19th. I have all sorts of details about that, um, stlpr.org slash events, if people want to step up at this point. That does seem like a big decrease in, in first-time donors there. You said it's 13.5% in the region, even higher outside the region. Is, is that a COVID-19 thing, perhaps? People are nervous about just being out and about. I, I think it could be. I think that could could be something to that. It, it could also, again, I think the factor of just thinking about, you know, hey, I haven't really necessarily been doing a lot of things over the last, you know, year in 2020 and even portions of 21. I want to get back to doing what I normally would pre-pandemic. So I think that those are a couple of factors there that, that do it. But again, I think it's it's also, you know, the holidays. Think about this, that in 2020, a, a lot of people were, you know, we're told, hey, you shouldn't hang out with family. You shouldn't really have those big gatherings. Be safe, you know, a little more health conscientious. I think you're seeing more people were going back to a little bit more pre-pandemic, more normalcy to do that. And and again, I think those are those are some factors where, you know, we see that drop. One of the things during the pandemic, Sarah, what I can tell you is that, and, and this is probably a surprise to a lot of listeners, is that, you know, in 2020, really from the summer on, people just stepped up and donated. Mm-hmm. They continued to help. And, and I think a lot of people were surprised by that. You know, we had a lot of health and safety protocols in place, as we still do uh, now. Uh, but I think people figured, you know, what's something I can do to help? And donating blood is a way to help because you want to make sure that, if you or a loved one needed those blood products, that, that they wouldn't be held up. A surgery wouldn't be paused because they didn't have the right type of blood or they didn't have the blood products for you or a loved one. And so people stepped up and they did it. We didn't have any shortages in the summer of 2020. We had none in the winter of 21. But now things were starting to get back to normal. You know, we were, we were struggling really since last June and even going into the end of the year and beginning of 22. So we're, we're still trying to get over the hump. We just have not been able to do that. Okay, so you've got this real low supply down to a one-day supply at the same time that the Red Cross has been heavily involved with responding to those tornadoes that struck the Midwest and the South. What, what has the Red Cross been doing for people in those communities? Well, typically when a situation like that happens, you know, first and foremost, the Red Cross, we want to make sure that we're prepared. And, and kudos to uh, Chris Harmon, who, who heads up our, our disaster operations in the, in, in the Missouri area in St. Louis and, and also throughout the region, Missouri and Arkansas. He does a great job with, with our team and all of our volunteers. It's making sure you're prepared in certain areas when a, when a storm or tornado hits. Do we have a, a place for shelter? Can we set up a place to shelter people if, if needed? So you have to really plan strategically throughout those states. Where are people going to go? Where are we going to set up where we can get people there to help them? So we tried to do that as much as we can um, in Arkansas. Uh, obviously, we've uh, done stuff in, 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 in Defiance, uh, in, in Haiti as well, more southeastern portion of Missouri, more the, I guess the boot heel, if you will. Um, we've set up different types of, uh, had shelters there, but we've also set up what we call MARCs, which are multi-agency resource centers. Those are real important. And that's where the Red Cross and a lot of different organizations, could be government organizations, faith-based organizations, we all come together. We host these uh, these MARCs, if you will, where we're all there for one night, provide food, child care for folks, and people basically can uh, can make it a one-stop shop, if you will, go to all the different organizations and say what they need, and we provide those things for them. So it's really mm-hmm. a great collective team effort. It's not just the Red Cross. It's a lot of different organizations. It's SEMA. It's local law enforcement, you know, all working together to make sure that we help people get back on their feet. Because, you know, again, 
you may have lost your home. You, you've had your home severely damaged. You don't want to. You, know, you can't go running around to different places to get what you need. These uh, multi-agency resource centers allow people to go to one place and get everything they need. And when you talk about a team effort, you're not just talking about your far-flung colleagues. I understand that you were deployed. This was uh, your first ever deployment. Um, You went to Truman, Arkansas soon after a tornado tore through that town. Can you tell us just a bit about what you saw there? Yeah, it, it was my first deployment. Uh, been with the Red Cross for five and a half years. The first four and a half of those were spent strictly in blood services, you know, organizing blood drives, sharing those stories about blood donors. But I've learned the disaster relief operations with my team, and they've got me up to speed. And so I was in Truman on uh, December 14th, just a few days after the tornadoes hit. And that was one of the really direct hit impact areas uh, in northeast Arkansas. And it's a very eye-opening experience. Mm. Um, it's something that... I think you need to put yourself in the place of those families. I have a family as well, I have a wife and a daughter, and uh, you know, I think about what if that had happened to me. So being there and, and being able to see what's happened, help tell the story uh, and help share that, not only regionally but, but nationally, to people that when they donate, this is what you're helping. This is, this is what helps. This is part of the relief efforts that we have. Um, you know, going out with our volunteers, handing out supplies to people. You know, going to the, going to the neighborhoods. That's what we do. We, we drive into the drive into the neighborhood. Uh, our volunteers will be there, and basically myself and another a public affairs volunteer, we piggybacked with them, followed them in another vehicle, and just helped hand out supplies, uh, talk to people, help share their stories. Um, you know, it's just helping them get back on their feet, and that's really what the Red Cross does. And I think that's why a lot of people volunteer for the Red Cross and other nonprofit organizations. They want to be there to do something that makes an impact, that helps. Hmm. And this really does help. It's very impactful, Uh, you know, getting people cleaning supplies or rakes or shovels and and different types of things. And when you see that type of destruction, Sarah, it's just you have to see it for yourself firsthand. Pictures won't do it justice. Hmm. When you see that firsthand, it really gets you. It feels you. And you know that they're families. And, of course, it's never a good time to happen when something like that does happen. When it happens a few weeks prior to Christmas or holidays, you know, it's a, it's a bit more gut-wrenching, and, and it, really hits, uh, it really gets home. For sure. And, you know, we have heard from people who want to help. Uh, we had a couple questions come in on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. People who are interested in donating blood, they're not sure if they can. Uh, Diana says that she had malaria several times when she lived in Nigeria as a child. Uh, she was told because of that she would never be allowed to donate blood. She's wondering if that restriction is still in place. Wayne has a similar question. He says he was banned from donating several years ago because he'd been stationed in Europe when there was a mad cow disease situation there. He's wondering if that's still in effect. Uh, information for either of these listeners. Well, okay, let me answer the second question first, if I can do that. So for Wayne, I believe the, the, the gentleman's name, we talked about uh, serving overseas or mm-hmm. being in, in during a mad cow, the impact there. Uh, that used to be a lifetime deferral. The FDA regulations, which is what we follow, we follow the Federal Drug Administration. We fed, uh, follow all their guidelines. That's what all the blood, uh, the blood centers and blood organizations follow. So, uh, last year in April, I believe it was April second or third of of 2020, they changed the Mad Cow deferral from a lifetime deferral to where you can be reinstated. What people need to do is they need to to call. Uh, basically call the Red Cross. We have a, uh, a, a number, which uh, I'll try to pull up here if I can, um, where you can basically get yourself reinstated. You can go back and, and, uh, and do that. If you've donated with the Red Cross prior to that, and uh, Wayne may have done that uh, prior to this happening, um, what you, you do is you basically call 
the Red Cross and you would say, hey, I'd like to be reinstated to be able to donate. There'll be some questions that you'll have to answer, but we have been reinstating donors thanks to the FDA changing that policy. And that's something we've worked closely with them on trying to get some of these deferral policies changed. It's, it's obviously all due to safety reasons, but they did change that policy. So in Wayne's case, he may be able to donate blood again. Now, as far as malaria goes, I know there are some deferrals for that. I would recommend anybody that has questions about their deferrals, redcrossblood.org. That is our, our website that we have specifically uh, on the blood side of things. And what you can do is when you go to redcrossblood.org, uh, there's an area that talks about, you know, donating blood, but also, um, you know, what, what, may, what may happen. There's a, one tab that says donate blood, and, it, and if you go to the uh, sub-tab, there's one that says how to donate eligibility requirements. I know that's a lot to remember, but if you go to donate blood, on redcrossblood.org, you can get to eligibility requirements, and they'll talk to you about that. Malaria may be an issue there. Uh, off the top of my head, don't know that, sure. but you can check there, and that will tell you. You know, there's also different kinds of questions about I'm on a certain type of medication, what have you. I always also refer people not only to this website, but check with your uh, your primary care doctor too, as well, just to make sure that uh, that you do feel healthy. If there aren't any other uh, underlying health conditions that may prevent you or uh, make you have a bad experience if you donate blood. Okay. Well, we want to encourage people to check out Red Cro- redcrossblood.org. We want to let you know another way you can help as well. You can text Red Cross, all one word, to 90999. Again, text Red Cross to 90999, and that would give $10 to the American Red Cross Disaster Relief. Those donations help people affected by disasters like the tornadoes that Joe was just telling us about. We also want to remind you there's going to be a blood drive right here at St. Louis Public Radio. That's on January 19th next week. Um, you can make an appointment at stlpr.org slash events. Joe Zidlow, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sarah. Happy New Year to you. I really appreciate it and want to thank you as well. Thank you and everyone there at the Uh, at NPR for for helping host that blood drive on the 19th. We hope to see a lot of people out there. And Joe is the Regional Communications Manager for the American Red Cross of Missouri and Arkansas. This episode was produced by Evie Hemphill with audio engineering by Aaron Doerr and production assistance from Jane Mather-Glass. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.